This podcast is part of the Christian Geek Central Network at ChristianGeekCentral.com. Episode 273, What Are We Reading? What Are We Watching? Welcome to the Strangers and Aliens podcast. Strangers. <laughs> to boldly say what needs to be said. Would you be a stranger or an alien? Or would you be a strange alien? The truth is out there. I am your father's best friend's plumber. Superman. Wonder Woman. Heroes. Villains. Captain Picard versus Captain Kirk. Do you think that there's room in sci-fi for God? The very first thing that God did so why is he was that he created something. So we have a creative God. This is Strangers and Aliens Podcast. Hello, welcome to another episode of Strangers and Aliens, and this episode of Strangers and Aliens is one of those that we like to do every once in a while, where we just, just talk, we're just going to talk, you and me, we're just going to talk, and by you and me, I mean you as the general you of, of the listener who might be talking back to the podcast, and uh, also Evan and Steve. Hello. You're also here. Hello, everybody. And we're going we're gonna to talk. Just, just some talk, and we're gonna talk about just, um, really, just kind of how we have a conversation starter. A couple questions that we're gonna talk about, but let's just get some conversation going and just kind of talk about what we're into right now, and what we're what we're reading, and what we're watching, and what we're creating, and yeah, what we're doing. Uh, so, yeah, it's kind of a light and breezy episode, and yeah. uh, I, I think I think it'll be fun. It'll be fun. So uh, it will be fun. You will enjoy it whether you like it or not. And then we're going to read a couple um, feedback emails from like eight years ago that we <laughs> haven't gotten to yet. Because <laughs> the <laughs> just a little bit of uh, behind the scenes, a little bit of how the sausage is made, so to speak. Um, the email address for this podcast is a very inconvenient email for me. And so I take all the blame for not getting into the feedback as, as quickly as, as some podcasts are able to do. I, I will also say we, we get to it quicker than some podcasts because there's some podcasts I listen to that don't talk about feedback at all ever. <laughs> um, they but, are not good podcasts. Yeah. So, yeah. So, um, yeah. Uh, where should we start? Uh, oh, I know. Let's start with what you're reading. What you reading? Uh, what you reading? Comics edition, huh? Okay. So let's start with what comics are you reading right now in May of 2018? What comics are you reading, Steve? I mean, Boris Badenoff. <laughs> Very Badenoff. Um, world. Uh, yeah. it, I don't know if anyone knows me very much, but you'd probably think that I, I wouldn't be reading modern comics and you'd be right. <laughs> so. But I, but I am reading comics um, for my homeschool 
my I'm I'm trying to to introduce the kids to like epic storytelling and things like that. So I actually cracked out uh, my Thor 337 and following, um, you know, the 20 or 30 uh, issues that go along with it. Plus, I did some research, and there are some like pivotal comics that happen in between that run. So like in between panels of pages, in between issues and things like that. Um, that have to do with Thor, uh, or maybe even loosely to do with Thor. So um, we read, uh, for instance, I actually like pile-drived the kids through uh, 12 issues of The Secret Wars in like one sitting. We didn't read the whole thing, but they got the whole story, the whole, you know, all that stuff. We read parts of it, um, but since it wasn't part of the the actual Ragnarok uh, you know, uh, unfolding of Thor. I just wanted to give them sort of a taste of that and to introduce them to the other heroes in the world and things like that. One of the the, the students doesn't read comics almost at all. Uh, he watches the Marvel movies. So it really sort of opened him up to a lot of the, the villains and a lot of the, the heroes that he'd never heard of before. Uh, my daughter she's, you know, she reads the, the handbook of the Marvel universe, the, you know, the ones from the the eighties. Yeah, um, yeah. And so she knows, you know, all this stuff anyway, but she didn't, she didn't get to read the actual Thor issues. So we're, um, we're going through it with her. Um, and so that those, those pivotal issues and things are what we're, we're digging through. We haven't actually got to Ragnarok yet. So it's kind of a, kind of exciting. You're making your way there though. We're, cool. we're digging right in. Yeah. That is cool. And so it's you, interesting you're incorporating because, that into the, basically into the, the literature. Yeah. Of, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, that's what homeschooling allows you to do, man. I know. And there's some things in the stuff that we read that she was happy that we read it because like, uh, for instance, I tree the dwarf is in that, that run and, uh, uh, Stormbringer is it Stormbringer or Stormbreaker? Um, you know, beta Ray bills, hammer that gets made but you know in the movies thor gets it but she's she's understanding these uh you know the things because they appeared in the comics that we've read and she she understands there's a deeper sense to it now it's not just some random dwarf and some random hammer she knows oh wow i know where that person's from i know where that thing is from so she's actually it's enriching her uh her movie watching as well cool that's fun Evan, what yes. comics are you reading? Well, I'm reading a couple. The, the most current one I'm reading is uh, Justice League No Justice, which just started coming out after uh, Free Comic Book Day. And it's uh, they, they've split the Justice League into four different teams, and they've also incorporated villains into the team up. And if that sounds weird, well, it's because there's a massive threat to the universe that requires everyone to work together. And so I've read the first issue. It's kind of fun. Um, the one of the teams though has has caught my attention, and I just want to see more of this team. And it's Superman, Martian Manhunter, Starfire, and then there's Sinestro and Starro, and they're all in the Justice League together. Who's fighting. writing this? <laughs> this is this is uh, I think it's. Oh shoot! What's his Scott Snyder? Scott Snyder's writing this, and he's done a fantastic job 
with Batman. It was the only part I enjoyed about the new 52 run. Um, all like all of his arcs were just very good and fun. Um, and like, and very epic. So yeah, he did a, a really good run on swamp thing a little while ago. Did he? Okay. Yeah. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying the first issue. We'll see. Cause like each team has a different, uh, like focus. So like, there's like a Batman ish team. There's like a space team, which is the Superman one. There's a magic team. So I'm not crazy about that. And then there's a team with Harley Quinn on it. Why do we need Harley Quinn on a team to save the universe? Don't know, but she's there. So that's fun. I did just finish reading on Marvel Unlimited the Dan Slott Silver Surfer series. Have you guys read any of that? No. No. Oh, man. It it was so wonderful. And it's a complete story. Like his whole run, it ties the knot, and it is just very good. It's one of the best complete comic runs I have personally read. It's very fun. I've heard it's like Doctor Who-ish. I've never seen Doctor Who. I don't really want to see Doctor Who. But wow. it's like it's it's quirky sci-fi. It's fun. It's with Silver Surfer, who's one of my favorite Marvel characters, and uh, it's just fun. So I, I I just finished reading that, and I loved the ending. It was fant- fantastic. And uh, then I just read uh, reread the Ultimates, uh, Volume One and Two from Ultimate Marvel Comics, which is famous for introducing African American Nick Fury. And uh, they did a lot of concepts that I think the MCU drew from at the beginning to ground the characters into the real world. Uh, so the writing on that, I think it's um, oh, I think it's Mark Wade, maybe. It's not Michael Bendis. No, it's not Brian Michael Bendis. He did Ultimate Spider-Man. I think it's Mark Wade. Oh, okay. Um, but uh, he he's a very good writer. There's it's a very like mature story. It's definitely a PG-13 uh, rating, but it's just a very, uh, you know, there's lots of complexity and the characters feel very real. So, and, and, and different enough from the MCU where it's like, it actually, it actually feels more grounded than the MCU does in like bringing the Marvel Universe to a, a real world setting. So it's just a very fun, I don't know about fun's the right word, but a very uh, compelling read. Cool. So the comics I've been reading um, lately, there's a couple things I'm excited about. And one is the Marvel Comics Digest books that come out about every month. And they come out and they are tied into whatever uh, big Marvel movie is coming out. So I, the most recent one I got is the, the sixth one. And it is uh, Avengers featuring Thanos. Um few months ago there was uh avengers featuring black panther (laughs) and around the time of thor ragnarok starring thor it's interesting though because the first one is starring amazing spider-man and it says it says on their first issue right the second one on the spine it's it clearly number two but if you're looking at the front it's uh marvel comics digest avengers assemble and it says first issue starring the avengers and then the third one, again, on the spine, clearly, it's number three. It says Marvel Comics Digest starring Thor. But on the front, it says first issue starring Thor. Starring Thor. And then uh, number four is the first issue starring X-Men. And, <laughs> but in five and six, that's when they just go uh, Marvel Comics Digest, Avengers featuring Black Panther, and Avengers featuring Thanos. And what's really fun about it is um, 
they feature old classic stories. And so like this amazing Spider-Man one, the first one that they did, um, one of the stories that it features is amazing Spider-Man number. Oh, it's hard to read the, the number there, 28 or something like that. Uh, and then there's a few issues in a row that make up a story arc. Um, but for the Avengers ones, so that's number two, three, five, and six. It's actually starting with the Avengers comics from the beginning. And so huh. there's like one or two issues of Avengers, you know, from the first run, uh, in the first one. And then in, in the Thor one, there's a couple more. And it's, um, so the Thanos one, uh, breaks away from that. No, no, it doesn't. But it's Stanley and Jack Kirby Avengers stuff. A couple issues of that. Then like a three issue story arc from, you know, middle of the road, you know, eighties, late seventies kind of thing. And then there's a handful of the all ages style of comics that they did, um, featuring these characters. So I'm trying to remember the titles that they had in there. It's like, yeah, Earth's Mightiest Heroes Avengers. And those it's the, the comics that they directly were putting out to try and capture a younger audience a few years ago. And so hmm. it's modern artwork, classic stories with updated dialogue and that kind of thing. Um, or it's related to like whatever the animated show that was on at the time. And so it's an, an, a great mix of all that stuff and just a lot of fun. Now the problem is they're digest sized, so they're very small and hmm. I have to use my reading glasses in order to read them. <laughs> I can't, I can't just read them with my own two eyes. I have to read, read them with my, my glasses. So the other two things that I've been regularly reading, um, beyond some of the stuff I do for comic book time machine is I just finished reading, um, the original Bill Mantlo cloak and dagger stories. That's, uh, so the first, they first started out in Peter Parker, the spectacular Spider-Man. And he did a handful of those over the course of a couple years. Um, you know, just kind of, random issues here and there, they would just show up as guest stars. And then they got their own four issue miniseries that he wrote. And uh, so basically just kind of the early years kind of thing. And the reason I did that was because of the TV show that's coming out for the Marvel cinematic universe on, on Freeform, which used to be ABC family. Um, and so I'm, I'm, I just wanted to go back and actually reread some of these and, and read for the first time, um, especially the like the, the first issue, the first appearance of cloak and dagger I never read before. And it was interesting because all the thematic stuff that comes later, it's all mm. there in that first issue. It's mm. the, the drugs and the, their vigilante justice, uh, war on crime. Um, it sets up their origin story as far as how they got their powers. You don't actually find out their background until, um, the miniseries that they did the four issue miniseries, but, right. um, that was a lot of fun. And, I I was a fan of Cloak and Dagger in high school in their third, I think it's the third series that they had, where it was really meant to be more tongue-in-cheek, fun. They called it the Merry Mutant Adventures of... Yeah. Um, because mutants were hot, and so they were like, hey, people love X-Men, let's say that Cloak and Dagger are mutants now. And yeah. they'll like Cloak and Dagger too. But um, yeah, so I, I read it back then and had a, a nice good run, and then I actually later on was able to buy the whole run for really cheap about 20 years ago um, and read it then. And so now, so some of the stuff I'm going to try and read through like all the cloak and dagger stuff that I have, but I've gone back now and collected and filled in. um, So I have pretty much every issue of cloak and dagger 
from these Peter Parker Spectacular Spider-Man stories that are in a collected edition through Strange Tales, which was a book that they shared with Doctor Strange. So they both had like right. 12 issue or 12, not 12 issue, 12, 12 page stories within. Um, and I, there's only one that I'm missing. I'm missing the uh, Cloak and Dagger number one from their second series or something like that. So I'm going to have to try and find that before I get there. But I was glad to get the Bill Mantlo original stuff read and and just be able to kind of see okay this is where it started this is how it started when the tv show right. comes out so the other thing that i'm reading is really interesting it's called shield and it's <laughs> it's uh jonathan hickman and who who's done some runs on like a lot of cosmic stuff for marvel and it's uh not what you would think it's not about agents of shield at all um it is evolving it involves uh shield as a organization or as an entity, but it goes back way deep into the history of the Marvel universe. And oh. it actually it features, um, Nathaniel Richards and Howard Stark. Okay. okay as, as they are in the fifties. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. then it also features, you know, things like Leonardo da Vinci and <laughs> I've read this Nikola Tex, uh, Tesla and Tesla. Yes. Um, there's I've read this and, and Galileo and Nostradamus and it is I, I just finished the the hardcover trade that collects the first six issues and so they published six issues as a as one series and then they did a one shot that kind of had some short stories in in the past um, dealing with just this two thousand year old uh, organization that's protecting the world from cosmic problems and issues and stuff like that like they just as background material they show like in a flashback just you know um 500 years ago how they repelled galactus from the earth and yeah (laughs) that kind of thing uh just happened yeah and so i got this as a cheapy five dollar graphic novel from i think it was from amazon um because of daniel butcher and and i got that one one shot somehow um that i'm gonna be reading soon but then there was another mini series that they started that they only went four issues. And this is, I think four years ago, three years ago. And they came close to completing the six issue mini series, but they only published four of them. And then it just stopped. Oh man. And so I was in the comic shop and I had heard that it was, you keep hearing every once in a while, it's coming back. They're, they're going to finally publish five and six. They're finally going to publish five and six, but I was in my local comic shop and I looked and I saw um, a $6 comic, but it was one of those where it's really thick for six bucks, you know, and it has issues one through four of the second series because, hmm. and we're recording this in May, um, end of May. So next, it's actually next week and the week after they're going to be pu- putting out issue five and six. Huh, and so nice. this had issues one through four. So I'm excited. I haven't read cool. those before. I, I read this before. Uh, the the first six issues, but I'm going to get to read those four issues that I never picked up and then the final uh, five and six. So fun. That's awesome. what I've been reading. But this this book, it is bonkers. Just yeah. <laughs> crazy. Like what if it, it's not like League of Extraordinary Gentlemen? It, it's it's close, but it's basically what if in the Marvel Universe, these larger than life geniuses were actually part of a secret organization an Illuminati kind of thing um, where they're 
they're developing technology way beyond their time. And so Leonardo Sounds like Tomorrowland. Well, kind of. Leonardo develops this um, flying suit that's like a steampunk diving suit combined with his Batman suit. If you've seen his drawings of what inspired yeah. the Batman mm. outfit. Yeah. And, and he uses it to fly through time and fly to, to the sun to birth a star child. I mean, it's just, it's bonkers. <laughs> it is bonkers. And I'm really enjoying it. Nostradamus is enslaved, placed in a, a dungeon for hundreds of years um, as they're waiting for him to, you know, give as well. He should be. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, it's good stuff. I hope, I really, really hope that the ending lives up to what I've read so far because this is very easily the kind of thing that they could just be like going along. It's so crazy, so wonky. And then <laughs> it just gets dumb. Yeah. We'll see. We can hope. We Fingers crossed. So that's what I'm reading comics wise. Uh, let's move to books. Yeah. What are you reading for books? Yeah. Uh, Evan, we'll start with you so you can get your answer out of the way. I'm reading nothing. Ah, there we go. <laughs> that's the answer I was waiting for. <laughs> wow. All right. Yeah. <laughs> nothing. All right. Why aren't you reading anything? Uh, nothing is really catching my eye. There's no, uh, I mean, I, I maybe read one book a year, maybe. And usually it's a Star Wars book or something. So. Wow. Yeah. Okay. I, I do, I do want to read, uh, Disney Wars. Uh, I maybe get that on an audiobook sometime next time I have a road trip. I do want to read that. All right. Are, are you someone who says if you've listened to a book, you've read it? Yeah. Why? Uh, because I have absorbed the information of the book into the, my brain. The verb read literally means like your eyes We've are taking We've had this in conversation, Ben. I just don't get it. I just don't get it. Why can't you just say I listen to it? Fine. I listen. I will listen to the book. <laughs> I just don't understand. I don't understand why people <laughs> – I, I don't know. I don't. I don't get it. I don't get it. <laughs> All right. Anyway, ben, do, you, do you just need someone to love on you right now? Oh my goodness! You seem somebody very... to hug. You know, I am going to drive over to your house and <laughs> I am going to sneak in, smack you upside the back of the head for saying that, and then <laughs> sneak out. Although you already know I'm there, so I don't know why I'm sneaking out. But oh, I can't stand someone that phrase, Evan. Why did you have to do that? <laughs> Sorry. Well. Uh, for those of you who don't know what he said, the, the trigger that happened here is I can't, <laughs> I can't stand when people say, we just want to love on you. We're just going to love on them. You know, just, <laughs> Hey, we just want to find someone who wants to volunteer and be with their kids and love on them. And I'm like, no, I don't want someone to come and love on my kids. Okay? <laughs> come and show them love. That's fine. But yeah. Love, love on them. them. That's just, I, I can't stand that. It's <laughs> like put some love on them. Like and, slather them in love. Oh, stop. And then you go to <laughs> but you, you go to any kind of, you know, youth conference or you go to any kind of uh, Christian ministry conference or something like that. And that is just it's it's out yeah. there all over the yeah. place. Everyone's saying it. <laughs> Sorry, Ben. Yeah, you. I I was already triggered. And then you you had to go and say it and drop that one. <laughs> oh, bud. OK, anyway, Steve, what books are you reading, man? Well, I'm glad you asked. Are you? <clears throat> sort of. <laughs> um, I actually started a, uh, it's, it's a classic 
series of uh, books, classic. It's written in the 80s, so it's not like super classic, but you know, um, it was actually given to me. So it was a like a, a fun sort of a, you know, someone thought it, this book would be something that I would enjoy. So they handed it to me. Um, it's uh, a it's bound is one thing. So it's a trilogy as, as one book by Fred Saberhagen. It's the Book of Swords series, which oh. is a science fiction fantasy. Any good? It is, uh, I've, I've read a little bit of it, I've read like multiple chapters, um, and it's, it's episodic and it's old school. So I'm liking it so far, um, because there's no like, you know, politics or, um, you know, weird, you know, stuff that <laughs> modern sci-fi, uh, and fantasy can be, you know, full of. So uh, for right now, it's 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 okay. I haven't I haven't run into anything problematic. There's kids. It it feels much more uh, uh, almost like as if you're in like a Narnia type world. You know, it's it's uh, that type of a feel to it. I don't think it has any real theological overtones, but uh, for right now, it's it's a it's a nice little read. Um, second thing I'm reading. Uh, this is with the the kids. This is a part of homeschool. It's uh, the consequences of ideas. By R.C. Sproul, it's actually a sort uh, of sort of a, a primer on um, uh, uh, um, philosophy. R.C. Sproul's great. R.C. Sproul's fantastic. I think he just passed away last year. Mm-hmm. More's the pity. Um, but uh, and it's it just goes through uh, the history of philosophy. Like we're up to um, Aristotle now, so we just you know we've got through a couple of chapters and. Um, and, you know, seeing how, like, for instance, you know, Aristotle was the tutor of Alexander the Great. And because he was the tutor of Alexander the Great, Alexander the Great uh, under, started to understand the concept of unity to the sense that he wanted a united uh, in a kingdom with a united language, that language being Greek. And since he was, you know, successful to to that part, at least we have the new Testament in Greek. So, you know, it, it plays into theology. It plays into actual world history. It plays into all these really interesting, cool things. And, um, and, you know, we can sort of see it through a theologian's eyes. So philosophy, uh, through a theologian's eyes is really a cool, a cool understanding of it. And, uh, the third thing is, uh, this is also something for homeschool, but it's, uh, another fantastic find that I came across. Um, and this is going to sound super boring. So I apologize in advance. It's an essay written in 1967 by Rosalie J. Slater. Um, and it's found in the preface to the American dictionary of the English language by Noah Webster, the 1828 edition, which is reprinted and the essay of course is reprinted from 1967 um and it just goes through noah webster's um philosophy of of language philosophy of the english language of the american language um and his theology and the underpinnings of uh you know english language the american language um the reason why he you know chose to do certain things uh and it goes into his faith his personal 
uh, experience with the founding fathers. He was influential in the continent, uh, continental, const- uh, the constitutional convention. Sorry about that. Um, and all these different things. And he was just this wonderful character who wanted to preserve this stuff. So, you know, 200 years later, when people are arguing about what the the constitution means or what the bill of rights means, we have a way to look at it with what the original definitions of the words were. So, you know, we, it, it's this wonderful thing that uh, most people nowadays are just sort of like, oh, well, words mean different things and they change and et cetera, et cetera. Well, yes, they do. But when things were written, we sort of have to look at things, what they meant at the time. And this is just one of those pivotal things where we can look at and use it to define the things that make up the constitution of the country that we live in. So <laughs> I think it's kind of important. Um, but it's a, it's just a fantastic thing. It's a, like I said, it's a reprint of an 1828 dictionary. Um, so there's all of that involved in it, but it's a, it's a pretty modern and it's 50 year old, uh, uh, essay written, um, 50 years ago. And it's just a, a fantastic, uh, way of, of looking at language and understanding it. So those are my three. So I was wrong. I wasn't talking about J.C. Ryle. Uh, I was talking. No, I, w- I wasn't talking about R.C. Sproul. I was talking about J.C. Ryle is who I thought you were talking about, but you weren't. Uh, J.C. Ryle is also very good. Yes. Um, but R.C. Sproul is the one that wrote The Consequence of Ideas. And I'm sorry. J.C. Ryle, uh, what is his book on holiness, I believe, is a classic. I read uh, Thoughts for Young Men by him, which if you are a man of any age, I would Highly recommend. Super good. If you're a woman, right out. <laughs> I mean, you can too read too. If you too, want. Too bad for you, woman. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. So, so what am I reading? Well, I'm, I'm glad you asked. Um, so, <laughs> I some of this is going to be what am I not reading and why. Because I... I've been having a hard time finding something good to read. Right. And so I had a couple books I've started and dropped and like, I listened to the first Star Trek discovery book that they made, um, to go along with that series. And I really enjoyed listening to it. Um, but I picked up and this is by a different author. I picked up the, the second one that they did. And, um, I started reading that one and it, I just can't get into it. It's uh, drastic measures by Dayton Ward. And I'm just really having a hard time getting into it. And mm. it, it gets into some of the background behind, um, oh, I can't remember the name of the, the guy, but it's it's like a, uh, the Executioner. Kovos the Executioner uh, or something. But he was in an original episode of, of Star Trek. And he came in and, and Captain Kirk had a background with him. And, and you know, he... And so this is like what he did that was so horrible and so awful. And so it's a prequel story and I just, I just can't get into it. Mm, so, really? wow. well, so I put that down and this is, so now we're getting to the stuff that I'm actually reading and this is a book of short stories and this is wonderful. Um, I've only read a couple of the stories, but just the idea is wonderful. And I got it at the dollar store. Nice. <laughs> it was $1 hardcover, gigantic book of short stories called old Mars. <laughs> and it's it's edited by George Martin, um, 
and Gardner Dozois. I don't know if that's how you say his name, but I'm never going to say it again. So I'm just <laughs> try. sticking with that one. Uh, and in it, they George Martin writes the foreword, and, and he echoes some things that I had heard recently in a series of podcasts from the BBC about Mars. And mm-hmm. all basically, it's um, Mars used to be this fantasy world that we could just imagine about and go to, and 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 then we actually went there. And sent. We didn't go there with people, but we sent probes and we sent satellites and we we took pictures of it and realized it ain't anything like what we were thinking it was. No, and there is no real water, and there's no uh, you know, there's no ancient civilizations. There's not even really a a way for an ancient civilization to have survived on the right. on the red planet. But this book is modern stories that are hanging on to that. Um, that pulp spirit of what Mars could have been, <laughs> nice. you know, when we were imagining Mars, looking at it from afar instead of actually going there and, and finding out that, yeah, it's, it's a desert. It's a really interesting <laughs> desert because there's stuff that's not in our deserts, but it's, you know, there aren't any Martians there. Um, and so it, this, it's been fun to read those stories. Um, then I started reading, a book sent to me by a listener of welcome to level seven, actually. And he's the writer of it. It's called Spire of tyranny by S G Campbell. And so I, the book of short stories is great. I can pick it up, put it down. Don't have to read it all one time. Don't have to read it all in one, you know, binge or whatever over, you know, how many nights, because that's what I do is I, I like, I like to read as I lay down so that I can, it, it just puts my brain, calms my brain down, allows me to fall asleep easier. I think, um, so I've been reading that book and it's a fantasy book and it's kind of fun uh, and I'm enjoying it. But now I have the, a, a quandary because I ordered Star Wars Last Shot, uh, which is the Han Solo Lando Calrissian novel that hmm. takes place over the course of like from before A New Hope to after Return of the Jedi. From what I understand, I haven't started reading it. I don't know. But it's basically, I mean, from the art and the design of the character's design on the cover, they're definitely tying into Solo. I mean, that's the, the the Star Wars movie. And so the question is, do I try and finish this book before Solo comes? <laughs> I don't know. I'm not, I'm not sure. Or, or do I just go ahead and finish Spire of Tyranny? You know, because it's a, it's a listener who sent me his book, and it was free, and it's good. <laughs> so, like, cool. Um, yeah. And I don't know if he listens to Strangers and Aliens. I, he he sent it to me because he knows from Welcome to Level 7 that I'm a believer. And so he's like, hey, I, I figured you might like this. Um, cool. I don't know if he listens to this podcast. So, <laughs> yeah. But I have to decide if I'm going to try and read Last Shot first or if I'm going to uh, finish the book that I'm in in the middle of right now. Oh, And then nonfiction, I'm reading a book called Kill the Spider. And it's, it's basically, um, the guy who wrote it, this is really interesting. Uh, he was at the ministry conference that I was at a couple weeks ago and I went to his seminar and, um, decided I need to read this book because it sounds like it's, it'd be really helpful. Um, but the idea behind it is, uh, his father was doing, uh, revival services. I think, I, I don't remember what country it was in, but anyway, um, this was before he was born his father did this and this lady came up in the altar call and said, pray that you, that the Lord would, um, clean away my cobwebs. 
And so he, he did, he prayed with her and then she came back the next day and she came up for the altar call and she said the same thing, pray that the Lord will clean away my, my cobwebs. And he did. And then the next day she came back and said the same thing. And he's like, no, today I'm going to pray that the Lord kills your spider. And, <laughs> um, and it's all about finding the root of, you know, these habits that we fall into and, you know, yeah. these, these, uh, these things that we do that are, you know, destructive, um, instead of just cleaning up the habit and, and cleaning up the, you know, the things that you do looking right. into, okay, well, what is the, what's the root behind this? What's, and yeah. So it's, uh, by Carlos Whitaker. Cool. Yeah. So yeah. that's what I'm reading right now. Hey, Evan, mm -hmm. what you watching on <laughs> TV shows? What TV show stuff are you watching? Oh, I'm glad you asked, Ben, because I'm watching a yeah, I'm watching a couple of really good shows. One of them you may have heard of. It's called Reboot, and uh, I'm really enjoying it. Watching Is it back a reboot? Through. No, it's a show, and it's called Reboot. And if you go back a couple episodes to our VR episode, you can hear all about it. <laughs> so, uh, we, me and my friend are watching through it. Um, we might be doing something with that. We'll see. Something in and, the auditory realm. Yes, that could be downloaded upon your phone and then listened to at a later time. Or on um, your iPod, some sort yep. of cast that goes yep. to a pod. Mm -hmm. Whatever, yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so that that could be happening in the near future. Um, so yeah, I'm really enjoying that. But then also the show I'm I'm really enjoying that it does not have to do with your iPod is Krypton. Oh, I still have to check that That's out. That's why you're so excited about this question. Okay. Makes sense. Yes. All right. Because ladies and gentlemen, this is a good show. And it's, I was talking to uh, the owner of our local comic book store the other day. And we were talking about, because uh, <laughs> the news came out that they're creating now a Pennyworth. show about Alfred Pennyworth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And we're just like, are you serious? Are you kidding me? And it's, we we're talking about how the super there's the superhero shows without the superhero in it, but the root of them is really Smallville. But the thing with Smallville is there's so much lore around young Superman or Superboy that you could actually do something with that. You actually had really good foundation stones to build a show off of, and I would I would say Gotham is not the same way because they're really having to stretch the the lore and continuity to, you know, the Riddler has become the Riddler years before Batman has even right. finished puberty, you know, and stuff like that. Um, but Krypton, Krypton, you have tons of stuff that you can do stuff with before Superman and they're doing it and it's really good. But then there's an added element where they're bringing things in from the present and it's really good. And I'm not going to spoil it, but Episode six kind of flips things on its head, and the narrative you thought you were following along with the show is not really what you are following now, and now you really don't know where the show's going. And it's been great. It has been so good. And the visuals are really impressive. As a Superman fan, uh, I'm loving it. I, I told Ben the other day, this is probably my second favorite Superman show uh, behind Superman the Animated Series. So it's great. I'm loving it. Wow. High yeah. praise. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. 
And then I also was watching a show recently that I've had to stop watching. And uh, that was Attack on Titan. Have you guys heard of that? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. The anime. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I I really like anime. Like, I really like the style and the pacing and the character development that anime has. But it is so hard to find a anime that will be palatable for me. Because it's either... Yeah. Yeah, it's either a ton of magic stuff or it's uh, just over-the-top sexual stuff or over-the-top crazy violence. And this is the one with the over-the-top crazy violence. Yeah, um, super crazy it's violence. It's a disturbing show. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah it's, so, it's Armor Quest, though. If you Is it? Well, I mean, <laughs> Armor Quest and Attack on Titan are the same kind of thing, only if... Armor Quest is versus dragons and mm-hmm. attack on Titan is versus, um, giant skinless nude things. <laughs> <laughs> but well, the, the nudity is it's, I mean, there's it's not skinless nudity. Like, no, no, no. They, yeah. they have skin, but they don't have any genitalia. Yeah. So, no, yeah. no, I mean, there, there's it. It's gross. I mean, these creatures yeah, are gross. They're, it's it's yeah, they're nasty, and they're like that. That was the that was the thing that really took me uh, took me out of it, and and I had to stop watching was because of the creatures themselves are just like a deformation of humanity. You know, it's like what if what if we human beings were just mindless beasts like the rest yeah. of the animals? You know, a hundred foot and, tall mindless beasts. Right, yeah. yeah. And, and and there's lots of violence in it, so I eventually had to stop watching it, but um you know, the mystery behind it all sucked me in and and like I said, I I'm always looking for a good interesting anime that I that is palatable to me and uh I was hoping this one would be it, but yeah, I uh, I was watching it and I was just like, "Oh my goodness, this is what I imagine our request to be." With <laughs> just the energy, the way they're they're running and jumping, and and, mm-hmm. and they're not like armor quest. It's it's jet boots, so they're jumping from place to place. They're not flying, but right. jumping. And uh, Attack on Titan, they're basically Spider Man. Yeah, you know they're they're like <laughs> shooting these ropes and they're swinging from thing to thing. It's uh, yeah, you want to talk about energy in in anime? This is you know uh, evidence number one. It is it's crazy and yeah and wild and yeah. But also very, very violent. Very, very violent. Yeah, super. I, I was I was thinking to myself, you know, if they had made these things lizards, this would be much better for me anyway. But it's part of you the know, plot. It, That's the yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Absolutely. You, you, you couldn't change that. You couldn't make them dragons. Right. Or, you know, that it would be because it, the it plot would be less disturbed. around it. Yeah. 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 Anyway. Right. So, yeah, that's what I was watching. No longer. <laughs> Steve, what are you watching, man? On TV, I've been watching a bunch of junk. Um, well, okay, let's let's just get this out of the way for um, for homeschool. This is a constant recurring theme. Um, uh, we've been watching the Twilight Zone oh. uh, first season. Uh, we got through, and uh, basically because they're morality tales, and they, you know, a, a lot of them are have a you know a, a, a biblical basis or at least a a you know religious basis um so we're doing that and uh you know sort of trying to pull out to tease out the uh you know the the actual morality that's behind each one um so we're doing that um i've been uh following gotham 
And apparently they're going to do one last half season to try to, you know, put the punch into the entire series. I think they can do it. Um, you know, it's it, it's a hit or miss thing. It, it's another thing that's overly violent. I just don't look when it's going to be gross and weird and violent. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it it's really, for me, seeing how all the different characters have their part to play in this I mean, they have tons of characters and even like characters that, you know, you, you don't, you're like, okay, I recognize that person. I recognize their name. You know, there, there's something's going to happen. And then like two seasons later, they show up, you know, something like that. So it's, it's a very, uh, interesting way of doing it. Um, and especially with, you know, the whole Batman mythos behind it. It's, it's very interesting. Um, I've been watching travelers which I've been watching on uh, VidAngel. So I haven't been getting uh, the swearing and nudity, which I guess there's some, and I've been able to uh, get through, get through that. It's a, it's a good series. If you, if you don't mind a little bit of nudity and a bunch of swearing, or if you want to watch it on VidAngel, um, you don't miss much. If you're, if you just take that stuff out, uh, you really don't, um, you know, it's, it's actually, uh, it's an it's a very interesting series, very interesting look at time travel. Um, I've been watching uh, with my daughter a series of unfortunate events. Um, very well done. Um, mm-hmm. I would just say for older children, there's probably a couple of things in there that they might ask a question about. That um, I think Neil Patrick Harris is the one who's the the show runner or whatever, uh, and he he slips little things in there that are going to go over children's heads but as an adult you're sort of like as a christian adult you're sort of like eh. if you were just a regular adult a non-christian adult you'd be like oh that would be oh that's funny you know um but and, and it's nothing that's that's overtly gross or you know really bad or anything like that it's just stuff like you know later on it's going to be sort of like uh, why did you put that in there it's sort of sort of a uh, you know, but anyway, um, for the most part, I mean, visually it's, it's, uh, it's a feast for the eyes. They do so much visually with it. Um, the, the graphic designers and everything really have a, a field day with it. Um, and I heard a really interesting aspect to it. It, the way that it's filmed, it doesn't really recall any specific time period Yeah, because it's supposed to be as if it's remembered through a child's mind. So of course a child wouldn't have references that we do. So they could only think of it in a certain way. And so it it's, gives it this really timeless effect, which is really interesting. And they really capture that uh, in the, uh, in the series. Um, something that I wouldn't recommend. And I tried to watch this through VidAngel as well, but I don't know if any, if anyone's gone through VidAngel, but you actually have to click off the different things. And you can click off broad categories like profanity, and you can just click that off. But there are some where it's like you don't know exactly what it is. And like, you know, some might be like body functions. And that might be something, you know, uh, uh, like in-depth surgical procedure or it just could be someone puking or something like that so you really don't know what it is until you look into it and it'll tell you like just a a little a little like one line 
what it is, you know? Um, and watching this, there's a, a bunch of nudity, uh, and it's gratuitous at some place in some places. I, I, I can click that off and not watch it. And it skips and you don't really get the whole storyline because there's, I guess, so much nudity when people are talking, um, that it doesn't really, it doesn't really work. There's a, a ton of, uh, uh, profanity and stuff like that. Um, and some of the stuff that I had to actually click off one by one and actually see, you know, the words of what is going to be on the screen that I'm now going to, that was even just reading the words was too much. It was like, Whoa, what is it? <laughs> I don't even, I can't, I can't say it on the show. Um, no, no, it's no. Just, what is the show no, that you're talking what's about? What's the show? <laughs> I haven't even told you the show. No, no. You, you spent so much time like setting up the, what I'm is sorry, it? I, I thought I mentioned the show. This isn't this. Okay. Uh, it's called the magicians and it's, uh, it, the premise is that there's a series of books that are very much like Narnia. It's very much based in like a Narnia type world, but the series of books, um, and this kid is really into it and, and other people as well. And it turns out that it's true that there's really this place that's sort of like Narnia. They don't call it Narnia. Um, but it turns out that the, the, the person who wrote the series obviously isn't CS Lewis and obviously isn't CS Lewis because of personal choices that he's made in his life, um, which are kind of gross. And, when they finally get to Narnia or the place that's like Narnia, there's some really gross over the top stuff. Um, it's sort of an interesting, uh, look at what like a magical school would be more like a magical college than like a Hogwarts, you know, Harry Potter type thing. But like I said, there's a ton of, I mean, in any college or high school, uh, you know, modern, uh, uh, show, you would get a lot of the, you know, the language and the sexual situations and stuff like that. So, um, this is just like those. And I watched through to the first season. It doesn't even like finish the story arc. It goes into the next season and then et cetera, et cetera. But, um, so I, I can't, I can't give that a pass. Um, a couple other things I've been watching just very quickly. Uh, wretched, wretched TV has, has, a. uh, TV shows and it also uh, the wretched radio actually has stuff that you can watch the actual radio show being done, um, which is also fun. And answers in Genesis has a, a two time a week, half an hour show where they look into the news and they look at it through uh, uh, Christian creationist uh, lenses and um, pull out the science and, and, you know, spit out the bones. So it's really kind of cool. Those are, uh, you can find those on Facebook and on their websites and stuff. All right, so I'll, I'll just be really quick then with mine. Um, sorry, that since we was spent my big so much one. time with the show you're not watching. No, but, sorry about that. Um, yeah, so uh, I, I will add the uh, a series of unfortunate events. That's that's fantastic. I mean, it, it's timeless in the way that um, Tim Burton's Batman is is shot. Where, yeah, you know, you have computers that shouldn't exist next to that car. But it doesn't matter because computer is completely fantastical. Um, <laughs> you know, it's 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 wild stuff like that. And and you're right, Steve. As far as like there are an innuendos in there, especially in the second season. Um, the, the most recent episode we just watched had some where I was just like, "That's clever," um, but I'm surprised. You know that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and the, I haven't uh... finished second season yet. But then, um, 
the other the other show we're watching, and I'm watching these with my kids, and that's why I'm going through them slowly, not binge watching them. Um, but the other show that I've been watching is uh, Lost in Space on Netflix, and mm-hmm. that's been that's been fun. I I've enjoyed it. I think I enjoy it more than the kids. Um, <laughs> but it's it, it's a it's an interesting family show. And when I say it's an interesting family show, I mean it's about an interesting family. Um, but then it's also a family show, and it's it's all about you know, this family that's kind of fragmented, but trying to stick together as they're going through the most horrible of moving accidents ever. Um, so like they're, (laughs) they're on a space station that is, or a a large spaceship, I should say that is headed to, um, I think it's Alpha Centauri is what they're saying they go to, but, um, it's, it's the promised land from this, destroyed earth that's been destroyed by global warming and whatever else there's wars and there's rumors of wars and all that bad stuff. And they're going to this, but then an accident happens and now they're lost in In space. space. Um. And so I haven't finished that season yet, but, um, it's, it's been fun. Um, trying to think what else. Oh, I'm, uh, agents of shield. Obviously I'm watching that every week. Because oh, yeah. of the other well. podcast, and uh, we've got the season finale coming up, which it'll be interesting to see how they're able to, or if they're able to, tie it into Avengers: Infinity War. But, Did you hear what they're doing? Did yeah, you hear the, but without the spo- yeah, news? without spoiling, we were trying to figure out like how are they going to tie this in because Avengers: Infinity War f- is feeding into Avengers Four, but does mm-hmm. it, is it going to be like? They, it's just one movie finishes and the other one picks up. Is it going to be, um, you know, 24 hours later? Is it going to be a year <laughs> later? You know, who knows? And so how are they going to do Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. if, you know, they tie in and, and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. continues beyond uh, Infinity War? Well, first of all, we don't know how well they're going to tie into Infinity War, but they're doing a summer series. The next season is a 13-episode series uh, that's in summer, which suggests that it probably is going to start airing after Avengers 4. And Mm -hmm. so when things get wrapped up from the events of Infinity War, um, that's when they'll start telling more more stories in the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. realm. So uh, of, of all the things they could have done as I was racking my brain as a writer, like, what would I do? How would I do this? <laughs> you know, and this is one of the best solutions possible, uh, just from a storytelling standpoint, as, yeah. you know, just to wait until it's done. And then, you know, hopefully there's some interesting stuff that happened in the last episode, um, of agents of shield, where there was a line of dialogue from a newscast that you hear one thing, but the subtitles say a completely different line. Really? Yeah. And the newscast is showing footage of something that happened in New York in infinity war. Um, but then the, they describe it one way that if you were watching the trailer and asking yourself what happens in New York, this would be the way you would describe it. Uh, That's in the subtitles, but they changed the line. Somewhere in the audio mix, as they were finishing this episode, they changed the line so that it more accurately reflects the movie. Mm. And so I'm really curious when that line got changed. I'm really curious when the writers from the TV show knew what was happening in the movie. Um, 
I'm really curious if they were sitting in the movie theater and just like, oh, you know, I think we talked about this a little bit, but <laughs> yeah. they're just sitting there like, wait, that's how they're ending this? <laughs> oh, no, because that's not how our show is going to end. <laughs> so it, there's some real potential then to really be able to tie it back in together and make it more connected to yeah. you know, movies and TV and stuff like that. So those are three things um, that I'm watching on TV. Uh, what you watching movie wise? Uh, I'll start just real quick. I've been watching a lot of Marvel movies because my kids really want to see them. And so in a very short period of time, I saw Avengers Infinity War twice. I saw Spider-Man Homecoming. Um, both Guardians of the Galaxy movies with my son. Um, I just bought Black Panther. My kids really want to watch that. And I really want my daughters to be able to see that because I think they're going to love Shuri. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, so lots of Marvel stuff. But you know what I just finished tonight before we turned on the microphones? We watched well, the I- last half, started the first half yesterday, the last half of Deathly Hollows part two. So I can oh, now officially wow. say that I know Harry Potter. All right. Good job, Ben. Yep. And I have to say Deathly Hollows part two is a really, really good movie. Now I'm saying that as someone who has not read the books. So Mm -hmm. I may, if I had read the book, say this is a terrible movie because this book is so good (laughs) and this, this movie doesn't come anywhere close to it. But I felt like this movie was one of the best of the Harry Potter movies. It just, yeah, the, the, the look, the the stuff that's going on i yep. really enjoyed it and feel like splitting it into two was the right move now Beyond, do, you, do you understand what i've been saying about snape all along yeah but i kind of figured that out oh well yeah yeah i kind of figured that out um, i think a lot of people did but that's a good thing no it's not a bad thing at all i i don't think yeah. it is at all and um and i i love the way they revealed it uh the the mm-hmm. reveal just all the stuff uh, in this movie, the, the the battles, you know, could have been a little more epic, but no. Why? It's taking place at a school. You know, it's not like, it's not <laughs> yeah. Lord of the Rings where it's thousands coming against each other. Right. And it's right. it's emotional. It's personal. Um, even before the end of the movie, I was really liking Neville uh, mm-hmm. in that movie. It, yeah. So anyway, great job, Harry Potter movie people can't speak to the book but yeah so that's movies what's the last good movie you watch steve uh very quickly we've been just watching a lot of the marvel movies i don't think i've seen much else than those oh, ragnarok been sort of <laughs> concentrating on um the those tv shows that i've been watching and um some documentaries that i didn't really get into but um you know interesting documentary stuff but other than that marvel movies yeah all right evan scooby-doo meets batman the brave and the bold and it was good yeah okay there's some interesting dc animated (laughs) stuff that they're doing yeah so this was like a really long episode of batman the brave and the bold with scooby-doo in it and if you like Scooby-Doo and you like Batman Brave and the Bull, you're going to love this movie. So there it is. There you go. Good. Yep. And um, then I also watched another Batman movie, Batman versus Two-Face, which is the sequel to 
Batman Return of the Cape Crusaders, which is the new revamped version of the Batman 66 TV show. Adam West, Burt Ward. Animated. Yep. They're they're able to return to their roles because it's animated, although yes. they do sound old still. <laughs> so. Where where can you find that? Uh, on where movies are sold. Yeah. Is is it's not on Netflix or anything? No, it is not. Okay. Um, but you might be able to find it on Redbox. Yes. Yes. Okay. Uh, so Batman versus Two Face is the sequel, and the villain. Because correct me if I'm wrong, I've never watched more than clips of the batman 66 show you're wrong um has <laughs> two-face was not a a bad guy in there was he no no he wasn't. no okay yeah so they've cre- they've created two-face and he is played by william shatner <laughs> and, and when i say he is played by william shatner i'm not just talking about william shatner's voice it's James Kirk has stepped off of the 1960s Star Trek show and is now on the screen with Batman and Robin. Wow. Playing Two-Face. So it's it was good. And they they really nailed his likeness. And so it's like a fun dream casting sort of thing. Um, and then I recently rewatched Sky Captain and I forgot how good that movie is. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Lens cap. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So that's what we're reading. That's what we're watching. Um, let's throw this one out there. What's your writing? Okay, so we, we've talked about what we're consuming. What are we creating? And I'll start then, I guess. Um, I am writing part <laughs> four. And this is maybe the first time that we're really talking about this. Oh, boy, we're talking about it. We're talking about it because we've recorded and we've written enough of this. I think it's 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 we're, we can talk about it. Okay. We are producing a superhero audio drama series called Hero Lore. Woohoo! And uh, Hero Lore is uh, just the background is we, all three of us created a superhero, wrote a single story about that superhero in in a solo adventure, more or less. And then I'm working on right now part four, which might end up being part four and five. Um, just because oh, wow. of the length to make it match up better with the other chapters, but, uh, it, where they team up. And so, you know, we're, we're doing what everyone else is doing. You know, DC is trying to do this thing, you know, trying to create the shared universe and Marvel did it, you know? Um, but, uh, yeah. So Steve created a superhero called agent negative zero. Uh, Evan created a superhero called VR and I created a superhero named Jack <laughs> and these <laughs> these superheroes are going to they are now in the process of teaming up and going after a big bad guy and there are going to be some other characters involved and and then uh, we are recording we've started recording um, I'm not sure how much I think we're like 90% done with the first episode maybe uh 95% recording yeah um and a good, I think maybe 40% of the second episode or no third episode has been recorded. Mm-hmm. Um, second episode, probably at what? 20, 25% maybe. But um, yeah, that's yeah. the longest one. Yeah. And, and so that's, um, that's what we've been, that's what I've been working on lately. And then the other thing I've been working on is, um, uh, Bible lessons for the camp that I'll be talking at this summer. <laughs> so that's cool. Yeah. Yeah, so that's what I'm that's what I'm producing right now. That's uh we talked about our consumption. This is a production. So um be, keep it keep it 
generally quick as far as explaining what you're doing because we want to uh, we don't want to take too long with this because I know when you're talking about something that you're writing, uh, sometimes you actually end up talking about it enough that it just dies. So yeah. you know, don't, <laughs> that's why I'm not giving any plot details or anything like that. This is just saying it's happening and, mm-hmm. and we're doing it. Um, so for you two, then, um, what are you working on? What are you writing? What are you creating? Steve, go ahead. Uh, well, I, uh, unfortunately I was sick last week and the early part of this week and I, I missed writing something that I really wanted to be part of, um, alpha omega, which is, uh, a collection of Christian comic writers and artists. Um, they have this, uh, bi-monthly, uh, publication called alpha omega. It's, it's part of the Christian comic artists society or something like that. Um, I used to be part of it and, uh, the 200th issue came out and for the 100th issue, they asked everybody to do it. They bound the book and everything. And it was fantastic. The 200th issue. They wanted to do the same thing. And I was just too sick to put anything together. So mm-hmm. I, I, I want to put a shout out to that, but I am not a part of it. Um, and another thing is that the, that magicians show that I was watching, um, it just made me want to do a better version of that. And so I've been just toying with that idea. I haven't actually put anything down on paper, but I'm just sort of pulling like characters that I've had from other stories that were failed. And I like the characters. So I'm thinking about just having those characters populate this new story um, where it's similar to that, but more, more, you know, theologically sound, <laughs> which would be anything. Yeah, it doesn't <laughs> sound like that would be hard. <laughs> Um, and then there's another story I'm working on, which it's more of just, uh, uh, it's, it's more of a family drama. It's, it's not, uh, very genre specific except for maybe young adult. Um, but so I'm working on those types of things. I also have like a billion other little things in my head that are going on, but nothing I'm actually working on right now. All right. Evan. Yeah, I'm uh, writing wise. I'm currently writing a short story for the Crossover Alliance. Um, that's over with uh, Nathan James Norman and the uh, Untold Podcast, and he's affiliated with that. And they're they've put out how many have they put out so far? Ben, like three books, three three I, or four I, I volumes. Don't, I don't know. Something like that, where it's a Christian anthology uh, book. So you say you're writing it stories. for it, but it hasn't been accepted, right? Because it's like a contest kind of thing. I don't know exactly. They oh, say okay. they're they're accepting submissions. Okay, all right. Uh, so I I guess they will either uh, accept or reject, or if, maybe if they don't have enough uh, submissions, they'll just throw a- anything in. So <laughs> I don't I don't know. I have no idea. But anyway, they've I saw the ad and I'm like, yeah. I, I got time. Let's do it. So that's what I'm doing. The theme for this uh, anthology book is monsters. So it's Christian fiction with uh, monsters. So I'm writing something for that. Hopefully it'll get accepted. But come on, the uh, big thing, Evan. The the big big thing. thing. Yeah, the big thing you're working on that you've actually finished and are putting together and, and, and people can read it online and... Oh, yes, I'm sorry, sorry. That thing. I was getting to it. I was building up for dramatic effect. I have several things that are being worked on. But since you brought it up, yes, the Black Blossom comic book 
series. Um, I think I've talked about it somewhat on on the show, but it is my ongoing webcomic series. We release a page or a half page every week, and it's a female superhero based off of my wife in part. And uh, she's got a cool suit that is it's kind of like half uh, Iron Man, half Venom sort of thing and uh so check it out it's pretty cool we just finished the very first uh issue so you have a complete issue that is done and you can read it for free on the instagram page or the facebook page or the patreon page um and you can find all that if you search facebook uh for black blossom you can you can find it all and uh yeah i'm i'm very proud of it and I'm super happy that it's getting done. I'm glad I started releasing when I did because it kind of gives me the kick in the pants to <laughs> to work on it to get it out on time, you know. Cool. So yeah, it's been fun. I'm I'm drawing it and I'm illustrating it, and my sister is even helping uh, with some of the coloring of the pages. So that's been neat. Very and cool. uh, yeah. So then yes, also I'm working on hero lore uh, with these guys, and I'm. Uh, assembling the episodes once we have the lines recorded and things and so my goal and you know don't don't hold me us to this because i don't know if it'll happen but my goal is to have all of the episodes completed uh by august so what we do with them from there we we haven't discussed (laughs) how we're releasing them or getting them to you people but uh this fall look out for some announcement from us for how you can get your hands or your ears on these things, because um, I think they're, I think they're pretty fun, and uh, I, I, I can say I'm a professional audio drama production person, because um, I produce another audio drama series, Basecamp Adventures. You can check it out at lifeaction.org/basecamp. Um, but uh, yeah, I think these are going to be uh, a delight to you, the people who enjoy audio dramas and quality audio dramas at that. Awesome. All right. So what you're reading, what you're writing, we just talked about it and we'd like to hear from you. And speaking of hearing from you, (laughs) we don't do this often enough, but we're doing it right now because (laughs) we need to do it because you guys sent us some feedback and there's some of the, some of the feedback is old and I apologize for that. And it's actually kind of, um, out of date. So I, again, I, I apologize, but, uh, we did get a message from, uh, someone named Jeff and it goes like this, Ben, Evan, and Steve. I love the podcast. I just discovered you guys. I've been listening to your back catalog of episodes for the past few weeks. I had two things that I wanted to mention to you guys. Ben keeps mentioning that infinity war should be called the Thanos movie. The story arc is partially taken from two graphic novels, the Thanos quest part one and two. These are great reads and follow Thanos's quest to obtain the infinity gems. The movie really should be called the Thanos quest, but non-comic book fans probably wouldn't have related it to the Avengers. Secondly, I recently listened to your 100th episode and wondered if you have ever considered doing a fifth anniversary this year of your top 100 sci-fi characters. Now that the D the MCU and the DCEU have become such a huge part of our culture. Your 2013 list didn't give much love to Wonder Woman, but with her awesome movie in the collective conscience, would she move up the list? As a side note, Thanos' homeworld of Titan was not populated by large purple aliens. He is the only Titan that looks like that, which adds to his character development in the comic books because he's an outcast in his society, both physically and philosophically. Thanks for reading this email and keep up the good work. Your brother in Christ, Jeff. And to Jeff, I would say... um, we will also be finding out actually like 
in the movie universe. We're going to find out a lot more about Thanos' backstory, not in Avengers 4, but in November when they release a official MCU canon novel about Thanos. Wow. And this is like, the, this would be the first novel, right? The first official the one? The first official canon novel, yes. Cool. Um, and they've, they've done a number of comic book prequels and stuff like that that actually do, some of them add uh, new information, new um, elements that, that aren't in the movies. And so it's not just, hey, here's the movie in comic book form. But it actually, right. there are some some chapters that do that. So, yeah, uh, let's see. And here's an email from Drew uh, that he, <laughs> it's very short, but the 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 subject line is MCU order. And it's, he just says, thanks, Evan. Added them all to a list for me to watch at some point in time when my son is a little older so I can introduce him to the cool superheroes. So he is looks like going to take up your your uh, your list there and, and listen cool. to, or watch it in, in your order. Uh, Daniel wrote in <laughs> to say Thor Ragnarok feedback. And this is not my Daniel from Welcome to Level 7. This is a different Daniel. He says, um, and this is where we're, like I said, we're getting old here. And boy, I apologize. But uh, he says, glad you guys did a Thor Ragnarok episode. I saw it the day after your episode was posted. So it was still fresh in my mind. Hearing ahead of time that New Mutants movie will be a horror genre, which is really interesting for a superhero hero movie. I think the joke should now be that superhero movies are finally doing new things. New Mutants, horror, <laughs> Thor Ragnarok, comedy. What's next? Black Widow rom-com or maybe a Hawkeye political drama. Okay, so on to my annoyances of the movie, the jokes. They were very funny and very enjoyable, but seriously, tone it down and be serious. Especially the first end credit scene where Korg is holding that blobby alien and it comes back to life. That was so unnecessary. And personally, I think the second end credit scene was purposeless and dumb. It was partially funny at best. I was hoping for something juicy. I think it was you guys that brought up a good point, but didn't expound upon it. Asgard is done away with. And in past films, as well as multiple times in this movie, we were reminded that Thor and Hela got their power from Asgard. And even though they use the cheesy, in my opinion, idea that Asgard is a people and not a place, I've always felt that there's something extra dimensional about Asgard that the magical godlike power Thor gets is from the place of Asgard. And I don't see how he could get his power from Asgard, the people it just doesn't make sense to me. So is Thor powerless now? I doubt it. Well, <laughs> just cutting in right here. Um, <laughs> a movie has happened to let us know uh, how he, how he is. So it's, right. this is old. I, again, I apologize, but uh, it seems a major plot point near the end is that Bruce Banner will stay the Hulk. If he goes Hulk again in the end, which he does to save the day. And there's an added drama to it because of the risk that he's taking. But how does he know he will get stuck? What information is leading his scientific mind to come to this conclusion? The audience, as well as Bruce have no clue how he stayed Hulk for two something years while on that planet. It could have easily been technology, biology, or chemistry, given the advanced state of the planet. How does he make the sudden and huge assumption that he might get stuck as Hulk makes no sense. And I hate it when major plot points are based around dramatic yet foundationless assumptions. Um, ben cutting in here. There's a movie that happened um, since then where we've seen what might happen yeah. um, to Bruce Banner and, and Hulk. Um, it is revealed that in, in this movie that Hela was Ragnaroking the nine or eight realms with her dear old dad, pillaging villages in a very Viking-like way, but that later she was locked away. It is also known from the comics, and I think from one end credit scene in the movies, that Thanos is in love with death. And perhaps I, I shouldn't even be reading this because, again, a movie has happened... <laughs> um, I was talking about Hela being the goddess. I, I, all I can say is, Daniel, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. Yeah. Um, yeah. Our bad. It's, it is. It is not our bad. It is my bad. Um, yeah. But we do thank you. And he did have a good 
email that you guys, he sent us four episode ideas. Oh, so I'm going to throw these out to you guys right now, right here. And we'll see about coming back to it. But, uh, okay. Number one, what is your favorite sci-fi technology slash weapon? Number two, Ooh. which supervillains are most compelling and why? How did they get Ooh. there? Plus an analysis on our fallen nature and the mind of a villain. Three, a look at Christians in the DC Marvel universes. And four, favorite sci-fi fantasy cliches on film or TV that you love or love to hate. So okay. <laughs> I like all those ideas. There we go. So we have now... Yeah. We've got some ideas that'll take us into the summer with the movies that we've got going on. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> so I do want to thank you for engaging with us on Facebook, everyone, and for, you know, sending in these emails. And I'm, I'm going to try and fix this this summer so that this email is something that's easily, more easily, um, ready for me to be able to get to probably on my phone. <laughs> and, and the same with our voicemails. They are not easy for us to play right now. Um, so voicemails from december i'm sorry (laughs) all that said i think it's time for us to say goodbye gentlemen any last words for our listeners uh yeah i feel bad about (laughs) i hate promoting my own stuff (laughs) so um we're not trying to you into it so yes we're not trying we're not trying to toot around horn with the hero lore thing but I'm just having a blast putting these together and they're super fun and I really enjoy it. I hope you will too. Steve. Um, I would just say, you know, in the words of Noah Webster, an immense effect may be produced by small powers, wisely and steadily directed. That's good. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Don't Don't know exactly. Um, the context and what it anyway i <laughs> it works in every context okay right. it's, it's true it's true in fact i was just telling that to my son uh the other day my seven-year-old i was just like hey dude and i told him and he's like you know what dad you're right i'm gonna stop now i don't even know what he's stopping but <laughs> it all worked so hey uh, i want to say again thank you for listening thank you for being a part of the strangers and aliens family and uh until next time godspeed You've been listening to the Strangers and Aliens podcast hosted by Ben Avery, Evan David, Steve McDonald, and Dr. Jay Samuel. Our music was composed and mixed by Tim Leffel. We'd love for you to join the conversation by going to our website at strangersandaliens.com where you'll find show notes, articles, reviews, and more. You can also email us directly at podcast at strangersandaliens.com. Or you can join our social media conversations by following us on Twitter, where we are at Strange and Alien, or liking us on Facebook at facebook.com slash strangers and aliens. Or leave us a voicemail by calling the Strangers and Aliens hotline. That number is 1-804-37-ALIEN. Ben, do you, do you just need someone to love on you right now? <laughs>